Welcome to yet another episode of Within WordPress, the podcast that is about WordPress, the WordPress community, and all the fine folks that make up that wonderful community. Today with us is Nat. Welcome to the show. And um, I asked my guests pretty much the same question as a, as a first question. Um, uh, like, who are you and where would they be able to know you from? Cool. Hey, thanks, Remkus, for having me. Great opportunity to be on your on your podcast. I uh, we've been chatting for a while now online and stuff. So um, yeah, great to great to be a guest. So Nat Militic, um, I'm from western part of Canada, a city called Calgary. Um, I've lived here since the '90s. Originally, I'm from uh, Europe, uh, from Serbia. And, uh, yeah, I've lived here since the mid nineties. So for quite a while, most of my life I've been in Canada. Um, I've been in the WordPress ecosystem or space. I want to say not that long, not, not as long as you have. Definitely. I, um, kind of jumped back and forth into it a few times. Uh, we started getting a little bit more serious about it. I want to say in 2016, 2017 yeah, it's been a great experience so far. We, um, I own a company called Clio Websites. Uh, we develop uh, WordPress websites for uh, trying to focus primarily on SaaS companies um, yep. and uh, startups and uh, mostly from a marketing perspective, marketing focused and SEO focused. Uh, and uh, WordPress has been our tool of choice. When you say mostly focusing on SaaS companies, what does that mean? I mean, I think most of us yeah. know what SaaS means. It's a software as a service, but how does that, what does that look like in your, uh, yeah. So, um, typically, I mean, you know, uh, folks always kind of in our industry, try to get you to like niche down, niche down, you yeah. know, to a particular industry. We've started to do that a little bit more, uh, recently. Um, of course, when you're starting out, it's a little bit different because you, you can't be as selective, right? You don't have enough work coming in and stuff like that. But once you kind of yeah. establish it a little bit, uh, you know, it's a good idea to kind of niche down and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, um, market to, uh, software as a service companies that are interested in kind of like boosting their web presence, boosting their SEO results from their website, uh, bringing in more leads, more signups and things like that. So we kind of, you know, combine some of our knowledge when it comes to, you know, building websites, but also building websites that are, um, you know, responsive, that have uh, good performance on all those devices and that are focused a little bit more on SEO. And, uh, typically SaaS companies are looking for all of those things, right? They're looking for. Uh, good looking websites, but then also websites that perform well and that bring in, uh, bring in leads and bring in SEO traffic. So that was, that I would then assume that a large portion of what it is that you do is, is focused on the SEO, um, and possibly not only optimization, but also content creation side of things. Yeah, we, we don't, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. So we, we do a little bit of content creation. Uh, we typically work with other content uh, freelancers in order to bring them into various projects, just because, um, I mean, now that we've kind of started to niche down a little bit, it's a bit easier because we have people that are, uh, you know, knowledgeable in this kind of SAS and tech space that can write the content, but, 
what we used to do before is we used to have various freelancers that we worked with depending on the industry, right? So if we're working with a client that's uh, uh, like a art sales or whatever, we would have somebody that's a little bit more specific for creating content in that area. Yep. Um, so long story short, we work with the different freelancers to, to create content because we try to, um, you know, create, uh, if we are creating content, we're trying to create unique and valuable stuff, not just, to drive clicks and whatever. Yep. Um, and so, you know, so you need good quality people or that are, uh, you know, creating actual content that, that people want to read and engage with. Something that converts. Yeah. That's a, that's an art form in and of itself. Um, most people think yeah. that, you know, just, just create content and then look what, what the SEO plugin tells you that you need to do and you're good. Yeah. And you're good. Yeah. yeah. You get, yeah. uh, the, the green smileys and the yeah. traffic start flowing in. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wish it was that easy. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more that goes into that. So yeah, for sure. Um, you, you said, um, niche down, um, what prompted that? Like, um, was that a desire or, or were you looking to expand business? Let me ask a another question first. You said we, what is we constituting mm -hmm. your. Yeah. So, um, so I have three full-time employees and myself, um, and you know, we've, um, uh, we, we, we work with other freelancers as well, depending on the project, if we need something a little more specific, you know, we bring in other folks. Um, but yeah, when I say we like, you know, we, uh, try to keep it fairly flat organizationally, you know, because it's a small company. So I, I do some of the work myself as well. And, uh, but for the most part, I try to just kind of stick to, uh, you know, the sales aspect, the marketing and stuff like that. Uh, uh so you, install the. You, you installed the four plugins you uh, showed on Twitter today, and then from there, start a new project, install the plugins, add the, add the experts to it and off they go. Yeah. For for those who have no clue what four plugins I'm referencing to, uh, what, what are the four plugins you install for every single project? <laughs> well, so two are, two are kind of the same plugin and the other two are default plugins because we use SiteGround for most of these. So. Uh, there's the SiteGround optimizer, and then there's their security plugin, which kind of like gets added to uh, all of yep. their projects. They actually have like a, a some starter plugin as well. That's like it's so annoying. So that's that's one I install uninstall uh, <laughs> when I start a new project, and then yeah. of course uh, <laughs> we start the uh, and then we we use Elementor for most of our builds. So we just use Elementor and Elementor Pro. Uh, so that's the other. Th those are the four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I have to ask the next question then, because if you're doing a lot of SEO, you're, you're also using an SEO plugin, I, I assume. Do you have a favorite or do you have like whichever works for this particular project best that's what we'll end up using or how yeah. does that work? So, um, I mean the two, two kind of, uh, two, two plugins that we use almost always for, for these are either ranked math or Yoast. Yeah. Uh, we used to use Yoast exclusively. Uh, we moved to Rank Math a couple of years ago just because, uh, for the most part, you know, they have a little bit more uh, features um, in their free version. Sure. A lot of clients, you know, not that we have a problem paying for premium plugins or Yoast premium and whatever, but um, a lot of folks, you know, for, for the majority of their needs, Rank Math free yeah. kind of does the trick. So, um, and it's a little bit more configurable, 
I think Yoast has started to move in that direction as well, uh, yeah, with their yeah. new kind of use as well in terms of like the settings and stuff. But uh, it's a little bit more, I think it's a little bit better uh, than what they had. But uh, anyway, to, to answer your question, we use Rank Math or Yoast. Yeah. Sometimes the client already have one or the other and they prefer one or the other. We'll work with either of those. Um, I like some features of Rank Math more. I like some features of Yoast more. So we're kind of indifferent, but uh, yeah, for our needs, like for my site, for example, I use Rank Math. I mean, I, I had to ask it, uh, if there's um, if there's SEO, then uh, it, no. Let me let me rephrase. If there's plugins people get excited about and have a very strong opinion about it, it's it's caching plugins, it's security plugins, and it's SEO plugins. I find those three sure. to be the Oh, I have an opinion about this. I need this one. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Or mine, mine is a, mine's better than yours. You should use Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. page builder is better than yours. And my page oh, builder is sure. your Don't you get me started on that. <laughs> it's, become oh. a troll. it's become a meme almost. It is. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of memes and trolling, um, this is, it's, I think it's a nice segue into your, uh, your Twitter account. Uh, or I should say X account now, right? What how what is the nomenclature now? Yeah, oh, yes, I don't even know. I still I still refer it as Twitter. Or yeah, we're in, to as Twitter. At, at least from a reference point of view, I think we're in flux. Uh, but you you have quite a, a bit of following on the uh, on the platform. Uh, 56, mm -hmm. 57, what is it? Yeah, something around there. Yeah, I think 50, 57 or so. Yeah. So fifty seven thousand people. That's a lot of people you talk to. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and most certainly I enjoy your memes. Like, uh, I think that the, the two favorites that I see is I made this with CSS and then, then a picture of something that is absolutely not made with CSS. Uh, and the other one is, um, rate my, uh, setup or what is it? Yeah. Rate my setup. Yeah. And it's usually like a toaster or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, which looks like it's a laptop, but it's not. Yeah. Like that. I, like I, I may not like every single uh, post that you do, but I, I sure do yeah. uh, enjoy uh, seeing them right. fly by. So how, um, uh, how did you amass such a large Twitter following, by the way? How did that happen? So um, I've got a whole presentation on that as well. If you want to chat about that sometimes, I think it'd be a good podcast as well as kind of how okay. to get started. I think it's, um, you know, there's basically, you know, some fundamentals, you know, like there's, uh, the, the first one being, you know, pick a niche that you want to stick within, you know, if, if yep. growth is your goal, like it's not a goal for everybody. If growth is your goal and you want to use social media for marketing, I would say there's some, some rules you have to follow. One is, one is niching down. So, you know, like picking a category, being web development, being WordPress, being, you know, agency growth, uh, SEO or whatever. Yep. And then just kind of posting content that relates to that uh, and sticking to it, you know, doing personal stuff once in a while, obviously is great because, you know, we want to, we don't want to appear as bots either. Um, so you do want to have some personal yeah. stuff, want to have some fun, but, you know, primarily sticking to the niche. I think if you're not sticking to the niche, you're confusing people um, and it's not, you know, you're, you're not going to experience growth as quickly. Um, then the, the other rule is kind of like, making sure that you're providing value. So either by teaching somebody something, by being funny or entertaining, um, or like, by, <laughs> thanks. 
or by just, um, you know, carving out a piece that maybe it's like contentious stuff or stuff that you're learning or, or, or something yeah. like that. But again, fitting within that niche. Uh, and then the third one's consistency. So just being consistent, uh, you know, sticking to the niche, uh, sticking to the type of content that you're creating and then just being consistent. And it just takes, takes time. I mean, I, you know, didn't do this overnight. I think I've been at it for probably since 2020. So, uh, it's been a few years. Um, I had my account since 2013 just to kind of reserve my name, but I really use it almost hardly. Um, and then, you know, in 2020, I kind of started to, uh, you know, I discovered the community. That was the main thing. Like I, I, you know, most of my friends don't know anything about web development or WordPress or SEO or anything. So it's hard to find, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find people that you could chat to chat with about that stuff. So when I discovered the community on Twitter, I was like, you know, super happy about that because, you know, you find your tribe kind of thing. And, uh, so the content creation just kind of came naturally out of that. I didn't really have an agenda at that point, but I quickly realized, you know, as I started posting more stuff and as I started, you know, getting a bigger following that there's a lot of benefits from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I agree with all the three rules. Um, I had, uh, I think probably by the end of last year, set myself a goal and see if I can get, uh, I think I had 6,700 followers or something. Um, let's see if I can get to 10 K if that's a, if that's a feasible thing. Okay. Uh, and I, 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 without knowing it, I implemented all three rules, uh, that you just, uh, highlighted and, and, and growth came. And then it's interesting to see that I I'm, I'm past 10 K now. So you yeah, so notice that, that as you start putting that, uh, attention there and do the, do the engaging part and the, the make sure that you're not looking like a bot, all that sort of thing, um, yeah. is rewarded. And it's nice to see. Um, and I, 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 mentioned this to you before, when we spoke before this podcast, but it's impressive to see somebody, uh, uh, get, uh, well, acquire such a following in, in, in a relatively short time. It almost sounds like uh, overnight success, but at least it took you like three years, but, uh, yes. No. It depends on your, uh, like there's faster ways to grow. They're just not my style. Like, you know, you notice a lot of content, those listicles and like, oh. you know, best AI tools. Like I see some of those guys go from like zero to a hundred K in no time, but you know, it's not my style either. I do want to keep it sort of, you know, somewhat fun as well. And, uh, uh, and you know, growth like is not the goal. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll do like a listicle once every two, three weeks, just because yeah, it's a few things oh. that make sense to share like that, but yeah, definitely not no. by default. No, no, no. When you're, when you're starting, it's fine. I think a lot of people do that to kind of get some initial traction because the first, like, you know, probably thousand followers or so are probably the hardest because yeah. you feel like you're, you know, posting into the abyss, but, um, you know, so oh, really I, are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. It's a great, it, like. I read a quote somewhere. It says, if you don't have any followers, Twitter is a great uh, note-taking app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your account private and you're there. Yeah. But, well, especially with the extra features that we have available now, um, you can do long form, you can do yeah. video, you can do vlog. Uh, yes. We have all the options now. Um, Probably. No, interesting. So 
in terms of WordPress and um, finding your tribe, um, what did you have as a tribe before 2020? Because you started in 2015, 2016, you said? Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, not much. I mean, I discovered some people, it was funny, some of the people that I connected with after on Twitter, I actually discovered them through their blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest, I just kind of fell into WordPress by accident just because um, I used to um, do more application development. So, you know, I did uh, uh, .NET for a while. And so I did most of my stuff in .NET in the early, yep. I want to say, 2000s. Um, and That's then, hard. yeah, oh, yeah, it was, that was a while ago. I remember like, you know, creating like e-commerce stores and stuff in .NET. And it was like, you have to code everything and, uh, from scratch. So, you know, I, from my, like, and then for, for the web development stuff, um, you know, if, if it wasn't like a web app, if it was just like a marketing site, we, we used to just use like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, boot, bootstrap for responsive and that was pretty much it um and you know we used that for from from i want to say from when i started probably you know 2007 uh when i started my company uh all the way up until you know 2016 we kind of used vanilla you know javascript css html um i created some cmss as well using uh net believe it or not back in the day um they worked okay, uh, but you, that's, uh, that, that's a daunting task. Um, I played with Dotnet as well. That's not a fun language to work in. No, well, I mean, yeah. at least I didn't. I didn't find it fun. Maybe you did. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's more. Yeah, in those days, I mean, there weren't a lot of libraries either, or like open source uh, things you could lean on, mm-hmm. uh, or not in my experience for creating those types of solutions. So it was it was really manual, but. There was, um, there was a thing called Blog Engine. It was a yep. open source version of uh, .NET, um, yep. basically a CMS for .NET. So I played around with that, but everything was a pain. Yeah, you want to create like a newsletter s- subscriber thing, you, you got to code it up, right? Like there's no like, <laughs> there's everything, no plug. Everything had to be thought of and built and yeah, integrated and yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. And so one of the tools I played with as well, never had any fun with it. No, no, it's, it's just, everything takes longer. Like I don't mind coding, but you know, everything takes longer. So we, um, we actually stumbled up, stumbled into WordPress. I played around with WordPress in the early days, like 2010, 11, um, and just kind of had, you know, when it was still more for blogs and stuff, like it was more just CMS focused. There wasn't much of a, you know, web website builder in those days. Yep. Um, but. You know, and then I just kind of forgot about it. I didn't really use it. And in 2006, I noticed, uh, 2016, sorry, I noticed that a lot more clients are starting to use it for, you know, the front end of their website in addition to CMS. And, um, you know, I, I I started working with a few clients that already had WordPress websites. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'll go in and learn this thing. And it's like, I see it all the time. Developers, you know, cocky developers. Oh, it's just WordPress. You know, I'll just figure this out in a weekend, you know, I'm a developer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what I'm yeah. doing, but it's a, you know, a totally different skill set to have and a totally different tool. And, um, is. you know, uh, um, so I just kind of got immersed into it. Um, I just, uh, started to, 
as I started to learn more about it, I, um, you know, started to love the platform more, more and more. And, uh, and now we do probably like 99% of our projects are in, uh, in WordPress. We'll have a simple site, like a landing page or something that we'll do manually still like HTML, CSS kind of thing. But most part, uh, WordPress is our tool of choice. I, I have one, I literally have one static site. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've used CMS so if I'm going back to Mambo and then Joomla, and then I had some uh, HTML sites with it, you know, in some way and some capacity and, uh, those slowly, but surely all got gobbled up by me using WordPress for them. Yeah. But I recently introduced, uh, uh, for my, uh, short URL, remk.us, um, I hand coded it, like sounded like fun to do again. Like. I think yeah. it probably has been seven, eight years since I last touched uh, anything raw HTML. Like, yeah, let me see if I can still do this. Turns out I can. What do you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> but that is the only site that I have uh, as, a, as a flat HTML. Well, that's awesome. Is that open to the public or is that something yeah, yeah. only is for? Yeah, you can, you can visit it. It's uh, remk.us. It's essentially my link and bio site. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's uh, probably the coolest domain that I have. Obviously it spells the yeah. Angus, um, but yeah, in yeah. the shortest fashion. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was, I have a domain that I'm planning to use for that as well to create like a URL shortener. Yep. It's not as cool as yours. I think it yep. has an extra character. If it has, <laughs> oh, well, that's close. I have the, I, I'm using the, the URLs, the U, the Y-O-U-R. LS.org, uh, link shortener in there as well. And it has the option for a static HTML site. It's in a PHP file, but essentially it's a, it's static, uh, HTML what's in there. Um, oh, cool. And, and, and I'm, I'm using that where the combination of that, uh, works just perfectly for that domain. So mm -hmm. all of my tracking goes on inside that domain and all of the link and bio oh, yes. stuff is, is that domain. So it's a, it was a fun exercise, but that's a, that, that's a fun way to sort of go back into history because that's, I, I don't know how you see that, but for me, finding WordPress was a tool that helped me have a framework. And then within WordPress, I had, uh, other frameworks that I used and to build on off of, mm -hmm. on top of, what is, how do you say that? But the, um, so I, I used the Genesis framework for the longest time, like from the early beta version till I stopped using it at the end of last year, but, um. The Genesis framework was a, was a framework for me, um, ACF and before ACF CMB two and before CMB two CMB, I am, I am that old, um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Brad Williams and I think Joe Hoyle from uh, human made who created the first version or maybe just Joe Hoyle. Ah, I don't remember. I'm, I'm also that old. So I, I'll forget stuff. <laughs> Um, how do you see that? How do you, what, what are your frameworks? So I think we've heard at least one that's elementary. Mm -hmm. Um, what are, what is your view on, on frameworks and, and using solutions already made by others? I'm a big fan of that. I mean, anything that we just talked about it a little bit, touched on it at the beginning of the podcast with like using the podcast tool, like, you know, yeah. why would you, why would you code your own? you know, in this day and age when you can 
use somebody's and actually focus on the things that matter is always my view. So um, I'm all for frameworks. Um, I also understand the diehard, you know, programmers that want to do everything from scratch. Um, I think there's a balance. Um, I think that there's a lot of great tools out there. Um, the other problem I see usually with new people that are getting started is that they try to learn too many of them or try to do too many things, um, you know, focusing on one and kind of reaching, you know, something close to mastery or as close as you can. And one is probably a better way to go. Yep. And, uh, you know, for us, yeah, that's uh, Elementor. It does almost everything that we need. Uh, we also use ACF quite extensively uh, for almost every project, I would say. We use ACF. Yep. Same here. Uh, yeah, there's always a custom post, you know, thing that you need or something like that. Um, that is usually easier to do with the plugin. Um, and the other benefit is that um, it plays nicely with Elementor as well. So most of our projects are, I would say, like, you know, light code, not no code completely, but light yep. code, customize a few things that we need to. But, um, you know, I would say it's, you know, mostly CSS related uh, from a layout and design perspective. And then we yep. have some customizations, you know, from a, from a JavaScript perspective. And once in a while from like if we need a new short code or something, very simple uh, PHP. Uh, but for the most part, they're like <clears throat> fairly um, light code projects. I, I I think I can say that what I see are happening around me is essentially either you're a hardcore developer still, and that's what you do, and that's what you keep doing, and you sort of move to the back end, mm -hmm. or you're slowly but surely uh, starting to incorporate low code, no code solutions. Um, even if you look at WordPress itself, like the full site editor. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially there, right? Yes, you can change the code. Yes, you can figure some other stuff out. And if you really want to manipulate anything that needs to happen, you know, there's still that plugin. But we're getting to the point that I would say we're getting close to the point where we can say that no code or low code is essentially the direction that WordPress is getting at. Would you agree or is that too far-fetched? I would agree with that. Yeah. I guess it depends on how you, how you view things. Um, the, you know, the, the, I think there's, I think it's definitely going in that direction. We can see that, like you said, by the, uh, introduction of the full site editor and, um, uh, and, and, and it's not so much. And I'm not, I, I know why WordPress is going in that direction. There's a lot of tools propping up that are kind of, you know, trying to achieve something similar like Webflow, Framer, and yep. uh, even Wix. Wix is a little bit different because they're actually trying to move in the like more code direction than the no code. They, they're traditionally a no code, but they're introducing this editor X, which is like, you know, you can add code and apps and all kinds of things up top of it. So I think it's needed for sure, uh, in the WordPress space. Um, and I think that's, I think honestly, that's the future. Um, uh, and, and, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, I mean, it's, it, 
it, it doesn't matter. I mean, some people like that. Some people don't. I think that's where, where it's moving to. And, and a lot of these tools are, like I said, Webflow and Framer are ones that kind of come to mind that are kind of carving out their own little niche as well. Yep. yep. And, um, I, li- you know, I like what Framer does. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Webflow per se, but I like what Framer does. Um, yeah. Just looks so easy to do. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, there's, there's just, there's a lot of tools like that out there right now. Right. And, and all the, the ones that have been around for a while, like Squarespace and, and all of those, yeah. uh, they're, you know, I know a lot of people in SEO that just use either Wix or Squarespace and they still get great results. So it's not so much about the tool. It's more about the, uh, I think the execution of the, of the projects, you know, and what you're trying to accomplish. Would you, would you say. So it, it used to be the case that WordPress had a, had an, had an edge over anything else out there because not only by default, it was relatively easy for search engines to index your sites and therefore, you know, uh, your mm-hmm. presence in search engines was also favored. Um, but especially with SEO plugins, it was very well optimized. Would you say that WordPress has kind of lost that edge? Is, is that what I'm sort of reading between the lines? Uh, no, not at all. I still think it's the best, uh, option if you're, if you're interested in SEO, um, I have a whole blog post on my blog actually, um, that talks about, you know, why I think WordPress is still the best option if you're interested in SEO from a CMS perspective. Uh, and, and the tools and the plugins and the automations are a part of that. Um, so, um. And that's one part. The other part, of course, is that the, the way it's developed, uh, is by design SEO friendly. Um, it has some things in there that we take for granted, like for example, automated, uh, uh, site maps, you know, it seems like a simple thing, but, uh, I tried creating one in a, you know, JavaScript framework. It's a nightmare, something as simple as as doing a, a dynamic sitemap is like super difficult. So there's a lot of things that are kind of inherent in the platform that, uh, so that, that it still has an edge uh, as compared to these other solutions. Yeah. And then of course the biggest benefit still, I think to this day is the open source nature of it. Um, you know, if you don't like something, you can, you know, you can <laughs> use the code base to do your own thing if you yep. want it. Um, and you know, and that's really, you know, the, the power of it, I think it's, um, you know, you can have your own playground if you want, you're not tied to a platform. The danger with platforms is always the lock-in, right? So vendor lock-in is huge. Um, you know, if you're in the web flow, uh, ecosystem and, you know, you're creating websites for clients and web flow and all of a sudden, you know, there's a 50% price increase, well, you're, you're going to have to pay. You know, you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, yeah. and good luck convincing your clients to like switch frameworks just because something like that occurred, right? It's like, yeah. they're, they're not going to be as interested in, in, in doing that. So, yeah. So I think, I still think, and I think that's kind of reflected in the, you know, in the growth of the, of WordPress, it still continues to grow no matter what the haters have to say about that, you know, like the, yep. there's still, you know, a lot of uptake, it continues to continues to be popular and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to learn because from my perspective, it's always been the most sound choice. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm 
quite invested into the platform, into the community, uh, the open source component, component, like you said, um, yeah, those are all things that are still pulling me very, very, very strongly towards uh, WordPress. Mm -hmm. I do play around with other stuff. I never, I never get excited about it. And then, you know, that's, that's also obviously part of, I understand this as a framework. I can do yeah. anything with it. I have client sites that are racking in four and a half, five million uh, page views per month. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have client sites that are doing ridiculous amounts of revenue, uh, per month in terms of e-commerce, you know, there's a, there's huge things that you can build with it. And you know, my, my mom's blog is on there as well. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> she doesn't care what it is that I, that she uses just as long as it makes sense. And I actually had an interesting conversation with her uh, this over the last weekend where she said, um, that the new editor, like, as we know it now, the block editor is something she preferred much over whatever we had previously. Oh, interesting. And she said that out of the blue and I was like, that's interesting because there's a lot of people yapping about, I don't like the new editor. Like, can yeah. I get the classic editor to get, and like the editor. <laughs> I've never liked it. I mean, that's what we had. So you work with it. Totally. Um, yeah. So she said like, you know, it's straightforward. I, I, I give it a title and I start typing and if I have something to add, I'll, I'll click the little plus button and I'll add an image or I'll add a list or whatever. Totally. And, and, and makes you know, way she, worse. Yeah. She's in her seventies. So, so, you know, That's she doesn't amazing. like anything to be complex at this moment in time. She's like, you know, of course I want to do this and I want to write stories. So let me write my story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Focused on the, focused on the content. Funny enough, like, you know, we, we do almost, you know, all of our sites, like I said, in Elementor, and we still use the, the, the block editor for, uh, like posts, right? So we yep. create a post template and then all of our blog writing and everything like that still occurs in the, in the block editor. And I prefer it as well, definitely over the classic editor, uh, big time, but, uh, yeah, even for Elementor sites, we don't like create the posts using Elementor. Why would you, you know, especially when you're trying to kind of focus on the content. Yep. And just, you know, uh, creating the content, adding images and all that stuff. Um, we still use the block editor as well. So have you been tempted to look at the, uh, um, site editor? Um, I have, yeah, it's definitely on my list of, of things to, to try. Um, I've tried the uh, different block editor tools. I think I've tried most of them actually already. Um, <clears throat> I haven't tried the the uh full site editing yet um i it it strikes me similar to the other kind of block editor type frameworks like uh, generate press is one we use generate blocks yep. is one we use for a few sites um i i mean i i like them i um i think that they are a bit simpler to use maybe than elementor um i, I would agree. Yeah, the, the thing is though, one of the main drawbacks for me is that it's still a bit clunky, especially mm -hmm. for responsive design, like Elementor really has that nailed. So yep. it's quite reliable. Like if you're switching from desktop to laptop to tablet to mobile view, like 
you can expect everything is going to look a certain way and everything is going to behave a certain way. Yeah. And when you switch back and make some changes to one, it's not going to clobber the other one. Right. And yeah. that was my biggest pain point with like generate blocks, for example, is I would design something, develop something for the desktop, I'd switch to mobile mode. Everything's broken. I'm like, okay, okay, let me, you know, make it sort of look better look and work acceptable. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, okay, great. Switch back to desktop. Everything's broken again. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what, what happened? I didn't touch desktop. And I so those like types of things, you know, for me are, are, are like things that would, that were preventing us maybe from moving in that direction uh, a little bit more, I think. And the reason I was exploring in the first place, moving in that direction was more from like, a uh, from, from a performance perspective and, um, but Elementor is also focused on fixing a lot of, uh, performance issues in the last couple of years as well, that has made that like a little bit less appealing anyways. Like a lot of the block ones that I've played around with didn't really give me too much of a performance boost. No, most uh, won't. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like, there wasn't a, a big push for us to change. And honestly, at this point for us, it would be like a huge change because all of my developers and designers are all kind of like, you know, trained their own element or it would be, it would be a lot of work. Yeah, it, it would be, uh, it, again, it's, it's like learning a new framework within the framework. Um, yeah. you'll, you'll have to get acquainted with all the, with the little niggles and, and UI and, um, UX. Um, I, I will, I will say this. I, I have been using the site editor since December of 2022 exclusively. And I think with WordPress 6.3, uh, I'm, I'm running the, the, uh, beta and other release candidates on, uh, on, on, uh, three separate sites, uh, personal sites. So I, I don't do this with client sites, obviously. But I'm, I'm playing with them and just to see, and I, I noticed that if I now go back to a 6.22 site, I go look, yeah, can I, can I get it to 6.3 please? Because it makes more sense. It's still not where I want it to be. But if, if I project what's been happening in the last six, seven months into the future, the next six, seven months ahead, I think with, that will probably be WordPress 6.5. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we'll have a very mature site editor experience and I, and I wonder how much of a pull, um, that will become, uh, versus any, any, um, yeah, any, any type of page builder solution out there. Cause it's, okay. it's starting to become, um, like a grown up thing. So yeah, for instance, a container, I, I still would like to just define whatever container I have and be able to add either an image as a background or a video or. You know, but I can do colors and I can do padding and I can do margins already. Okay, great. But you know, I, I want that full control. So we're not there yeah. yet, but to me, that is a matter of time, um, yeah. before we get there. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what that will look like in, or maybe, maybe take it like a, a little wider in terms of, of, of time, but maybe in about a year. Yeah, for sure. It's improve. It's improving every day, every release. Right. So I think, um. Definitely, definitely something to keep an eye out on. And for, for us, I mean, you know, for me specifically, I've, uh, you know, I've switched tools and frameworks many times. We, we talked about it, that at the beginning, you know, I started yeah. with, uh, 
plain HTML and, you know, it took me a while to get around like bootstrap, for example, you know, and using it and, uh, .NET and stuff like that. So I've like, I've, I have no problems with switching to me. It's more like, does it make business sense? And, um, and, and that's, and that, that's and, <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that should be the question, obviously, um, yeah. I had, I had, um, so I, I don't know for those listening, wondering how that came to be. So I had, uh, from April last year to the end of November, I had a sabbatical reconfiguring whatever, whatever I, I, I did within WordPress or with WordPress and how I wanted to profile myself. And it kind of gave me a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Now I still had a few clients here and there. Um, but the, the idea that, uh, look, if, if I'm reinventing myself, why don't I do it in the the most modern fashion. And that was essentially the moment that I, I stopped using Genesis mm-hmm. as a, as a framework, because it just didn't make any sense. It's not being updated for the new world. So yeah. Am I going to bury myself even deeper? No, yeah. I'm, I'm not, that doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I, I, I forced myself into it. And, uh, uh, I'll also be honest that I've had to have five sites rebuilt that I built in December, January, February era. They ended up being too far away from where the project was going and I was making too many assumptions. Okay. You live and learn. So I, I, I reconfigured that, uh, um, shout out to Mike McAllister with the uh, Ollie WP. Cause, uh, that theme is golden for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like what he's doing there. It's so easy to add stuff, uh, change stuff. And the base is just perfect for what I, what it needs to do. And I'm very excited to see what he does, uh, once 6.3 releases, cause I am pretty sure that he has a big update coming, um, which he has been nice. teasing already, but, uh, yeah, so that, that makes sense then, right? That, that's a good moment to change tools for sure. Don't, don't do it. If your business depends on it. Do you usually use the same theme for every project and then just kind of configure it or. Yeah, I, I have a few favorites. Um, okay. I would say the last five, six have been based off of, uh, Ollie fully. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few generate press I use as well. And it kind of depends. Like, so um, if I, I don't generally do small sites much, but mm-hmm. if friends of friends come, then I'm not going to say no. Right. So yeah, if that's course. a small site, uh, maybe two, two and a half K, uh, <laughs> relatively fast throughput for me. I will look and see if I can find a, a cadence, um, based theme that already makes sense. So I modify that or a generate press, um, you know, those make sense. And you know, I'm, I'm more of the, does it provide me the flexibility that I need? And is it performant? So mm-hmm. if it's, if it's not performant, I won't use it. If it's not flexible, I won't use it either. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's more how I look at things in terms of what do I use? Um, and I try not, I, I, I genuinely try not to be too fixed on using one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like having, I like forcing myself to be flexible. Mm-hmm. If that yeah, makes sure. sense. It, no, it does perfect sense. Yeah. Just one of the kind of common things that I hear on Twitter is usually the most common question is like, what theme do you like? What theme? Do yeah, you yeah, like? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I usually tell people to pick like one or two that they yeah. can get comfortable with and learn kind of inside out because 
everything was a little bit different. It has like some, you know, sometimes it's in the customized, sometimes they have their own menu. Sometimes you have to use something totally different, you know? Yep. And, um, so it's good to get familiar with, the with the single team and kind of use it for, for your, for all your projects. Yeah. I would say I have four or five directions. Mm -hmm. They're roughly in the same sort of area, but yes, cadence has different options because you have the whole blocks yeah. and everything. And in some cases it makes sense to use uh, my own theme, but with the cadence blocks, you know, so there's, there's mixes that you can do. It just really depends on um, what the inside needs to look like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So here, here's another question I have for you, uh, completely unrelated. Um, you went from working with a tool, not uh, being familiar with the community around it. And then, whoa, hey, look at it. There, there's more people using it and they're actually active and, and talking to each other and all, and all that. What's the biggest reward you see having gotten to know the community? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, like... Um... I'll be honest for like a new person kind of coming in, it's a bit, maybe, maybe not overwhelming. I'm an outgoing person. So to me, it's not overwhelming, but for new people, it might be yeah. to kind of break into that sort of like, you know, uh, a community, sure. I would say, yeah. um, for me, it was a little bit, yeah, the other way around, I started using the tool and I discovered the community and everybody's been kind of great to meet. And, uh, it was actually awesome to kind of get. Uh, just to kind of share knowledge and experience and uh, to share some uh, kind of lessons and learnings and things like that uh, from other people in the community. And, um, yep. you know, and there's some great things happening in the community as well that perhaps even people that don't build websites with, with WordPress that are involved in other ways. Um, there's also some great podcasts like yours uh, out there as well that I've been Thank a you. guest on. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of cool things. Um, um, uh, Michelle also does some awesome kind of like a job sharing, uh, yep. you know, uh, content and, and to help people get a job in WordPress. So there's a lot of like cool things happening, happening around the community. But yeah, for me, it's been the other way around. I started using the tool and then I kind of got online and discovered that there's uh, like all these folks and uh, it's been great like to kind of learn from people and to, to, to have them kind of learn from me and, um, um, and, and vice versa. And so it's, it's been, it's been really kind of refreshing and, and great, uh, from that perspective. I, um, I think it, there's a lot of value in that. Um, especially, you know, for me working with some tools in the past that didn't have that, it's like you're in the dark, right? It's kind of yeah. hard to find answers, get answers and get help when you're stuck and, and things like that. So yeah, that part's been great. Great, actually, it's uh, definitely a big bonus. And then the bonus of um, friendly answers as well, which I found um, as I was introduced to the WordPress community, this is 2006, um, I had questions like, how do I solve this? How do I mm -hmm. do this and, and do that? And um, coming from Joomla at the time, whenever I had a question, I would be met with, oh, haven't you read the documentation? <laughs> Um, I, I have, but it's not clear to me because I'm new at this, so, you know, possibly point me in the right direction. And, and then when I did that in WordPress, I got like answers like, oh, great. Thanks for asking the question. I'm like, yeah, that's already starting differently. And then I would get an answer that was essentially a tutorial. I'm like, okay, this is also an option. 
I like it. I like it. It's, it's, it was a warm bath for me at least. And you know, the other thing that's kind of people, uh, underestimate is the amount of like, uh, knowledge and information out there for a tool like WordPress. Um, well, so if you don't use other tools, it's kind of, you know, you don't appreciate it as much because you know, I worked on a few projects with uh, Drupal, for example, you know, yeah. you run into an issue and, you know, they have a forum kind of support forum and you go in and post something and you're literally waiting for days and days for somebody to see it or yeah. like for somebody to respond. Cause the community is not as large. Like people are also friendly are very helpful, They are, but you know, it was like, oh my God, like you can't just go and Google it. There's like, <laughs> there's no information. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's, uh, yeah, it's I, definitely one of the things you don't appreciate and, until you get in the, in a different kind of situation or scenario. Yeah. I remember this, this happening at a, I don't remember the time that it happened, but I remember it happening that there was a moment when you Googled something, it changed from having all these options to just understanding Google, understanding probably my search history as well. So it mm-hmm. would feed me more personalized uh, stuff, but. At one point in time, the answers to every question that you would have, even roughly HTML and CSS type stuff, it would always be WordPress related. Oh, okay. Like, like this turnaround point, like you go from, um, you know, Googling whatever you needed and then maybe find something on Stack Overflow or maybe find something on CSS tricks or, you know, whenever yeah. you, whatever the, the technicality of the question was and to the point where you now just pretty much know for sure you're going to end up at somebody's blog post on WordPress about WordPress, which is amazing. And I remember at the time, and I think this is probably in the 2015, 2014, 2015 range. I remember the time like, whoa, I'm just always getting a WordPress answer now. That's mm-hmm. so, and, and I also remember playing with good, cause I don't know if this still works, but you could, you could use like, um, um, like a parameter to your search queries on Google that would make it not yeah. personalized and it would just still be the same answer. I'm like, okay, we have moved on here. This is, this is yeah, becoming yeah. dominant. Totally. Do you, are you finding, uh, are you using a uh, chat GPT for some of those questions now? Oh, uh, a lot actually. Um, yeah. so I, 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 one of the first things that I did was, uh, work with the prompt. So figured out which prompt gave the best answer. So, you know, you know, you know the answer. I started with stuff that I knew. So I would then figure out how to ask the question in, in four or five different ways. So I got the best answer. So for yeah. instance, if I have a, a code snippet that I need, or, or let's just, let's just say I need a little code snippet, right? Now I can figure it out, let's see if chat GPT can do it. I ask it in such a fashion that it not only does it in uh, WordPress coding standards. Uh, it takes care of the PHP version that I say that it needs to be compatible with. Um, I have it, uh, include doc block. So full documentation of the thing, um, and do that whole thing. So I've, I played with that. So I'll have those types of commands. So I now get perfect results. I will say the quality has gone down in the last uh, month. month uh, yeah, I've read, that. Uh, I've read some interesting yeah. articles about that actually. I have it uh, prompted again, but, but just playing with the prompts on chat GPT, I thought was just fun to do. And, and the same thing goes with, uh, creating content. If I have like, 
something I don't fully want to deep dive into, but I want to include it and do a post and I'll have ChatGPT say, well, you know, right before 500 words for this. Uh, mm -hmm. And I get it to output it in such a fashion that Yoast SEO says, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Transition words, yeah. no long sentences, uh, you know, uh, everything that you want to see as a human. And then I, I, I turn it into my own voice, but then I have the base already there. Mm -hmm. Playing with the prompts is the thing that I find the most fun. It's just, if you just use it like blank, like give me this, yeah. it'll do it, but it's not good. I think, it, I think it's, um, you know what it is? It's like, we're so used to Googling things hmm. that we we keep it as generic as possible to get the most results that you can yeah. kind of filter through and find what you need. Whereas in the difference with chat GPT is you could be very specific. So for example, what I started doing is similar to you, but I even ask it to, okay, these are my variable names. This is what I want the function to be called. This is what, yep. like I by all those things same, same. and then it like gives me exactly what I need with the variable names. I don't have to change anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, 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 I think the kind of cherry on the cake or the, where these tools are way more valuable, I, I find and why I think some of the search engines are in trouble is that like, you can ask a follow-up question. So if you don't like something or you're we'll like, apologize, it will <laughs> apologize. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It'll say, you know, you can say, for example, you know, instead of using jQuery, give me this same function in vanilla JavaScript, Beautiful. right? Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, you can't do that on Google, obviously, right? You'd have to yeah. do a bunch of other searches and it just takes so much time. Yeah. So you can talk to it and give it additional instructions. Um, and that's really the value of it, I think, is that it kind of retains that history of what you were asking it for in, in the beginning. Yep. And then you can modify your ask as you go, because maybe yep. you've realized, oh, actually, that's not what I want. I want it to be this and it'll kind of modify it based on that. So that's, to me, that's very powerful. And I've, that's why I've been using it for, like you said, a little code snippets here and there, and then actually discovering that's actually not what I want. I want it this way. Yep. It's still yep. the context it just says actually, okay, yeah, just change this and it should work the same way kind of thing. And, and here's a funny thing. Uh, I, I, before chat GPT, uh, I have like probably around 30 WPC LI scripts that do certain things, check stuff. And, and I have pretty much all of that automated. Mm -hmm. um, I have a local uh, file that I, that then does the checking in on the servers and check all the things that I want to know. So I have a lot of stuff automated and, but I've never really used bash beyond, if you don't know, bash is the, uh, a, a shell script language or so something you can mm -hmm. do on the command line, but sort of yeah. program it into it, I guess. So you yeah, can, can program WPCLI scripts inside a little sequence of things that you do. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew a few things hard to do, but what chat GPT really taught me, like I learned from chat GPT, like I have this, this, and this script, but I want to combine it in such a fashion that I can do this and this and that with it. But I, I don't really know how to do that in bash mm -hmm. and it would tell me, and then here's the fun part because you then get a script, you test it, you go, oh shit, that works. Mm -hmm. I would then ask, explain to me why this works. And then it would explain to me like all the variables and the choices it made while doing that and Oh, okay. So it, it taught me bash Great learning tool. Yeah. yeah. In, a, in a way that I, you know, you, I learn best when it's contextual, like I need to solve this now. 
this is how I would do it. It's not doing it. Help me solve it. Mm-hmm. That's a bit, that, that's, that's way different than I just throw something at you and here, here's, here, do this, follow this course and then you'll know bash. Then you go, like, yeah, totally. I don't know what to do with this. Totally. But, totally. But, but using it in such a fashion, I found, um, just a joy to work with. Yeah. No, good yeah, question. That, chat GPT or, or any LLM in that, for that matter is, uh, is going to change our work drastically. Way more drastically than people possibly can imagine. I think. I think. We're, mm-hmm. I think most don't even have a clue. Even though you're playing with it, even though you a lot you're doing already a lot of various stuff with it, I think it's going to blow people's mind where we are in two three years. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, um, I think we're at the end of, uh, of that, a lot of time that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank you for, uh, being, being, uh, uh, present and, uh, very fun to talk to. I wish you best of luck with, uh, finding your way, weaning yourself off of Elementor. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. That was obviously a joke. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Great, great, great chat. And, um. Yeah, if, uh, it's, it's, it was great to meet you as well. You're one of the people that I kind of met early on, I think, in the kind of WordPress yeah. space. And so, uh, yeah, glad to, uh, to, to meet you and chat about all this stuff because uh, I, I can talk about these things for hours. So Yeah, yeah, same here. Same here. So, thanks so much. Uh, awesome. Thanks for having